Well, hey everybody, I'm Adam Shell, the pastor at Melbourne Heights, and welcome to our sermon podcast. In this episode of our podcast, we're continuing on in our sermon series called The Best Christmas Ever. But if you tuned in today hoping that I'm going to give you a recipe so you can bake the best Christmas cookie ever, or hoping that I'll give you advice so you can have the best lighting display in your neighborhood, or hoping that I'll give you tips to help you buy the best gifts for everyone on your Christmas list, well, you're going to be disappointed. And that's because throughout the series, we're not going to be talking about what you can do to make this the best Christmas ever. Because the reality is that no matter how hard you try, you're not going to be able to make this Christmas perfect. So instead of trying to do something that's just not going to happen this Christmas, let's try something else instead. And instead of trying to make this the best Christmas ever, what we want to do throughout the series is help you learn how you can make the best of whatever this Christmas may bring. So in this episode, we're going to be spending some time talking about one of the reasons why so many of us want every Christmas to be the best Christmas. And we're going to talk about what we can do to set that reason aside so that you can enjoy whatever this Christmas may bring. So let's get right into this episode sermon. So last Sunday here at Melbourne Heights, we started into a new series of sermons that we're calling The Best Christmas Ever. But if you came here today hoping that I was going to give you a recipe so that you could bake the best Christmas cookie ever, or if you came here today hoping that I could give you some tips so that you could have the best lighting display in your entire neighborhood, or if you came here today hoping that I could give you some advice to help you pick out the best gifts for everyone on your Christmas list, well, you're going to be a little bit disappointed. And that's because throughout the series, we're not talking about what you can do to make this the best Christmas ever. Because the reality is that no matter how hard you try, you're not going to be able to make this Christmas perfect. It's just not going to happen. So instead of amplifying the stress that so many of us already feel this time of year and giving you some false expectation that you might be able to bake perfect cookies instead of burning them, or that you might be able to have holiday lights that turn on when they're supposed to instead of having a Griswold moment, or instead of buying everybody the perfect gifts, you're really going to end up striking out on a few of them. Instead of giving you these false hopes, these false expectations, you want to do something else. So, what we really want to be talking about during this series is, instead of trying to have the best Christmas ever, we want you to make the best of this Christmas. Instead of trying to have the best Christmas ever, we want to help you make the best of this Christmas. So, here's how we're doing that throughout the series. Each week during the series, we're going to talk about a different reason why you may want to have a perfect Christmas to begin with. And then we're going to talk about what you can do to set that reason aside so that you can really enjoy the Christmas that you're actually going to have. So we started last week by talking about one of the reasons why so many of us want to have a perfect Christmas. And that reason is that we think everybody all around us is having a perfect Christmas. And it's really easy to believe this time of year, because when you get on your Facebook page or Instagram, you're going to see pictures on there of people's holiday decorations that look like they could have been pulled straight from a Martha Stewart magazine. We're going to see families that have posed for their Christmas photos that look like they were posing for a Norman Rockwell painting. So it's easy to believe that everyone around you is having the perfect Christmas. But the reality is that in spite of how things may look, there is no such thing as a perfect Christmas. So instead of stressing yourself out and instead of driving everyone around you crazy by trying to make this Christmas something it's not, 
Last week we talked about the fact that you want to make the best of this Christmas. What you need to do is focus on the blessings instead of focusing on those things you wish could be better this year. So that's what we talked about last week. But today's a new day. So what are we going to be talking about today? Well, we're going to be talking about another reason why we want to have a perfect Christmas to begin with. But we've got to take a little detour this morning so I can fully help you understand what this reason is. So today I actually want to start out by talking about what I personally believe is one of the most underrated Christmas movies of all time. Now, last week you already figured out, we talked about my love of Christmas movies, but everyone has their favorite Christmas movies. You may be the kind of person who likes the old school black and white Christmas movies. So you may like movies like Miracle on 34th Street, or you may like It's a Wonderful Life. Or maybe you grew up with the classic cartoons of the 60s, so you might like A Charlie Brown Christmas, or How the Grinch Stole Christmas, or Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Or maybe you're the kind of person that likes Christmas movies that aren't quite so Christmassy. So the top of your list may be movies like Home Alone or even Die Hard, which, yes, it is a Christmas movie. <laughs> and more amens for that than anything I've said in a long time. <laughs> but here's the thing. We all have our favorite Christmas movies, but I'm willing to bet that nobody who is worshiping with us online or in person right now is going to put the movie that I'm about to talk about at the top of their list. So what movie are we going to be talking about today? We're going to be talking about the movie Jingle All the Way. Now, Jingle All the Way came out back in 1994. And in this movie, it stars Arnold Schwarzenegger playing a venture salesman named Howie. So before I tell you more about it, I've got to know, how many of you have actually seen the movie Jingle All the Way? Wow, more people than I had anticipated. It's what most people skip. All right. But in, in case you haven't seen it, this movie came out when Arnold Schwarzenegger was in his comedic peak as an actor. It came out a couple of years after he released Twins with Danny DeVito and after Kindergarten Cop came out. But in Jingle All the Way, we've already told you, he plays a character named Howard. And Howard is on a quest to buy his son the one gift that his son really wants for Christmas that year. And his son wants a toy that's called Turbo Man, which is kind of like a Power Ranger mixed with a superhero all in one. So, this is a, a problem that just about any parent can relate to. Because if you're a parent at one point or another, your kid has had one thing that they have really wanted for one Christmas, and you needed to do anything and everything that you could to make that a reality. Like, for my parents, they've been through this. I remember them telling me that the only time that they ever stood in line on the Black Friday to buy anything was to buy a Tickle Me Elbow doll when they came out for my sister back in the mid-90s. And it's something that Ashley and I have been through when Hannah has wanted one particular toy to be sitting under the Christmas tree come Christmas morning. So it's a problem that we can all relate to. But Howard's problem is that he doesn't buy one of these Turbo Man toys early on in the Christmas season. And by the time his wife reminds him that he needs to buy one of these toys for his son, you can't find a Turbo Man toy anywhere. And that's where the comedy ensues. So for the next 90 minutes, Howard is going to run all over Minneapolis and St. Paul trying to find one of these toys for his son. Now he starts by doing what most parents would do. He goes to a mall and he waits outside of a toy store. Gets there first thing in the morning before the doors even open. But when he gets there, he's surrounded by a crowd of hundreds of people who are all there for the exact same thing. 
So the toy store doors open up, he gets caught up and practically trampled in a stampede of people rushing to the back of the store to get to the turbo man display. When Howard is finally able to make it back there and he gets his hand on one of these toys, it's quickly swatted away by a sweet little old lady wielding her purse because she wants to make sure her grandson gets one of these toys on Christmas morning. Well, he continues to strike out at all the different malls and stores that he goes to. And eventually he ends up bumping into, let's call him a shady Santa Claus impersonator in the parking lot of one of these malls. And the shady Santa Claus offers to sell Howard a Turbo Man toy for the low, low price of $500. This movie came out in 1994. $500 was a really big deal in 1994. Well, Howard reluctantly agrees to pay the price. But he also, when he does so, he finds himself caught up in a counterfeit toy ring that is run by shady ball Santa Clauses all across Minnesota. And that, of course, leads into the big fight scene that breaks out in every Arnold Schwarzenegger movie that you have ever seen. And he ends up squaring off against an oversized Santa Claus that's played by a professional wrestler who's best known as Dementia. Now, you may think, and it can't get any worse than having to fight an oversized Santa Claus and try to get your kid a toy for Christmas. But things actually get worse for Howard in this movie. Howard finally hits rock bottom when he breaks into his next-door neighbor's house to try to steal the Turbo Man toy that his neighbor had bought for his own son. And why does he do this? Why does Howard put himself through all of this just to try to find a toy that his kid is either going to outgrow or break by the time the next Christmas rolls around. Howard does this because he's a guy who is constantly busy at work. And because he is always busy at work, he's also constantly letting his family down. Like at the very beginning of the movie. In the very beginning of the movie, Howard's son is participating in a karate class. But Howard is caught up at work, so he's not able to be there when his son earns his purple belt. Now, like any kid, Howard's son was disappointed by the fact that his dad wasn't there. So when Howard gets home and he's talking with his son, he wants to make it up to his son that he wasn't there for this big karate moment in his life. So he tells his son to make it up to him. He will get him whatever he wants for Christmas. What does his son want for Christmas? He wants a turbo man toy. And because of that, Howard is willing to break even the craziest ball. He's willing to fight a room that is filled with mall Santa Clauses. Try to keep from letting his kid down. Again, the same reason why so many of us try so hard to have the perfect Christmas. We want to have the perfect Christmas. Make up for all the times that we haven't been perfect. We want to have the perfect Christmas to make up for all the times that we haven't been now, in Howard's case, he believes that if he can just find his son the one toy that his son really wants this year, it will make up for all the times that he's been a lousy dad. Now, maybe you feel the same way with your kids. You feel like if you can just buy them every item that's on their Christmas list this year, it'll make up for all the times that you haven't been a perfect parent. Or maybe you feel like if you can just buy your spouse or your partner something special this Christmas, it'll make up for all the times that you haven't been a very good spouse. Or maybe you're the kind of person who will bend over backwards and do whatever it takes to try to make it home to see your parents at the Christmas time. 
you do it because you want to make up for all the visits that you didn't make during the rest of the calendar year. Or maybe you want to throw the perfect Christmas party this year to make up for the fact that you ruined last year's Christmas party because you got into an argument with your sister. The point is, all of us do this. From time to time, we all fall into this trap of wanting to have the perfect Christmas to make up for the times that we haven't been perfect. Even me. See, one of the things that I do every Christmas is I will spend hours trying to find the perfect gift for all of my siblings. I want to find them a gift that shows them how much I love them, care about them, how well I know them. So what I'll do is I will spend hours scrolling through Amazon and Etsy and dozens of other websites trying to find some, some gift that stirs up some childhood memory. And I do this because I feel like if I can just give them some sort of sentimental gift, it'll make up for the fact that I'm not especially close to any of my siblings. So I feel like if I can just give them the perfect gift, it'll show them that I love them, that I care about them, that I know them, and that I'm not the perfect brother. But here's the thing. Even though you might want Christmas to be a way to make up for your past failures, it's not going to work. Even though you might want Christmas to be a way for you to make up for your past failures, it's not going to work. I mean, just stop and think about what Howard is trying to do in the movie Jingle All the Way. Howard is trying to make up for all of the karate tournaments, all of the soccer matches, all the school assemblies that he's missed out on by giving his kid a shiny new action figure. That's not how life works. Just by giving his son a toy, it's not going to make up for all the times that he let it down. So even though his boy, his son may appreciate getting that Turbo Man toy that he really wants for Christmas, and even though his son may look at that and think, well, finally, Dad didn't let me down, it still doesn't make up for all the other times that his dad did let him down. This may be hard for you to hear, and it's hard for me to say, but the same thing is true for us. The same thing is true for us. Even if you somehow, someway, you are able to make this Christmas the best Christmas ever, it's still not going to make up for the times that you were a lousy parent. It's not going to make up for the times that you've been a lousy spouse. It's not going to make up for the visits that you failed to make to visit your family this year. It's not going to make up for the fact that you got into an argument with your sister last Christmas. That's not how life works. Wave a magic wand and erase all the problems that you have. So, if making this Christmas the best Christmas ever isn't going to make up for all of the times that we haven't been at our best, if making this Christmas perfect isn't going to make up for all the times that we haven't been perfect, if making this Christmas a dream isn't going to make up for all the times that we've messed up and missed the mark over the years, then what will? What can you actually do to make the best of this Christmas and use this Christmas as an opportunity to start getting all of those relationships back on the right track? Well, if you want to make the best of this Christmas, if you want to use this Christmas as a chance to start getting your relationships back on the right track, the first thing that you need to do is to remember why we celebrate Christmas in the first place. Christmas is when we celebrate Jesus' birth. 
Christmas is when we celebrate that God entered into our world and became one of us. And why did God come into our world? Well, this is something that the Apostle Paul, who's the foremost missionary and theologian of the first century, talks about in a letter that he writes to followers of Jesus living in an ancient city called Ephesus. So if you've got a Bible close by, go ahead and grab it and turn with me to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. And one of the interesting things about the book of Ephesians is that, at least in part, this book is written to answer the questions that we're talking about right now. This book, at least in part, is written to help followers of Jesus figure out how you can get back on the right track when you miss the mark in your life. So let's take a look at what Paul has to say in Ephesians chapter 2. Let's start reading in verse 1. Here's what Paul writes. He says, At one time, you were like a dead person because of the things that you did wrong and your offenses against God. You used to live like the people of this world. You followed the rule of a destructive spiritual power. This is the spirit of disobedience to God, God's will that is now at work in persons whose lives are characterized by disobedience. At one time, you were like those persons. All of you used to do whatever felt good and whatever you thought you wanted so that you were children headed for punishment, just like everyone else. All right, so in these verses, Paul doesn't necessarily say anything that we haven't already kind of talked about at least a little bit during the sermon. So inside of the verses that we just read, Paul tells us that we're not perfect. Sorry if I had to break that news to you. You're not perfect. None of us are. We've all made mistakes. We've all messed up. We have all missed the mark. And in our faith, we have a word that we use for missing the mark. That word is sin. You've probably heard it in church before. But the word sin is actually a translation of the Greek word amartia. And the word amartia in Greek literally means to miss the mark. So we have all missed the mark. We have all sinned. But this is all that Paul does inside of this passage for us. Paul not only tells us that we have all sinned and we've all missed the mark, but he also alludes to the fact that there is something that has been done about our sin. I mean, stop and think about what we just heard in those verses from Ephesians 2. Paul wrote things like, you were like a dead person. You used to live like people of this world. You used to do whatever felt good. You were children headed for punishment, obstruction. Now, did you notice that all of those things were in the past tense? There's a reason why they're in the past tense. Paul is telling us that something has been done to fix our problem with sin for us as followers of Jesus. And what has been done to fix our problem with sin? Well, let me tell you what hasn't been done. What hasn't been done is something that you or I have done. And that's because there is nothing that you can do on your own to fix the brokenness of sin in your life. There's nothing that you can do on your own to fix the brokenness of sin in your life. There's, not, there's nothing that you can do all by yourself to fix all of the times that you've missed the mark. Instead, this is something that God has to do. As we keep reading in Ephesians chapter 2, we're going to find out what God has done for us. So Ephesians chapter 2, we're going to pick back up in verse 4. Here's what Paul says. He says, However, God is rich in mercy. He brought us to life with Christ while we were dead as a result of those things that we did wrong. 
He did this because of the great love God has for us. You are saved by God's grace. This is why we celebrate Christmas. This is why Jesus entered into this world. Jesus came into this world to defeat sin and to help us get back on the right track when we miss the mark in our lives. This is what Jesus came into the world for. Now, clearly what Paul talks about in his letter to the, the church in Ephesus directly implies and applies to our relationship with God. You know, Paul tells us that when we miss the mark in our relationship with God, God forgives us, God extends us grace, and God wants to help us get back on the right track. But how does this help us when we miss the mark in our other relationships? How does this help us when we're not the perfect parent or spouse or child or sibling or friend or neighbor or whatever else? How does this help us fix those relationships? Because we've already seen that we can't fix it on our own just by throwing the perfect Christmas party or buying somebody the perfect Christmas gift. So how does this help us? Well, yes, in this letter that he writes to the church at Ephesus, Paul tells them that God will forgive them, that God will extend them grace, that God will help them get back on the right track. But there's something that we as followers of Jesus have to do first. This is something that John, a man named John, who was one of Jesus' first disciples, as well as one of Jesus' best friends, writes about in the letter that he wrote. In 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, John writes this. He says, But if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us of everything we've done wrong. So John tells us here that if we want God to forgive us of our missteps, our mistakes, the times that we've missed the mark, the times that we've sinned, that we have to ask for it. If you want to get back on the right track in your relationship with God, you have to ask for forgiveness. And then, after you ask for forgiveness, and this part's really important, so make sure you're listening to it now, after you ask for forgiveness, then you got to stop doing whatever it was that you needed to be forgiven for in the first place. And yeah, we've got a word for that in church, too. That word is repent. And the same thing is true when it comes to your relationships with others. So if you haven't been the perfect parent or spouse or child or sibling or neighbor or friend or whatever else, if you want to get back on the right track, the only way to get back on the right track to ask for forgiveness. The only way that you can get back on the right track in your relationship with other people if you've missed the mark with them is to ask for forgiveness. And then you've got to stop doing whatever it was that you needed to be forgiven for in the first place. So, rather than trying to make this Christmas perfect, because you think that if you can make it perfect, it'll make up for all the times that you haven't been the perfect parent, spouse, or sibling, or neighbor, or friend, or child, or whatever else, you need to do something different. Instead of trying to buy forgiveness by buying the perfect gifts, or throwing the perfect Christmas party, or whatever else, what you need to do this Christmas is to ask the people that you've let down to forgive you. 
to ask the people that you've let down to forgive you. And then you need to change your behavior. And yet the idea of forgiveness isn't necessarily something that you see that plays out in our favorite Christmas movies. In Jingle All the Way, Arnold Schwarzenegger wasn't about to ask his kid to forgive him for letting him down. And we don't see this play out a whole lot in the movies that we watch because having to ask someone to forgive you isn't anybody's idea of the perfect Christmas. But you know what? If you're willing to humble yourself, if you're willing to admit that you're not perfect, if you're willing to admit that you've messed up, that you've made mistakes, and that you've missed the mark in your relationships with other people, and if you're willing to ask them for forgiveness, you might just find that those people that you love the most look back on this Christmas as one of the best Christmases they ever had. Because when you ask for forgiveness, you change your life. It gives those people you love the opportunity to have a better relationship with you. Don't try to buy Well, hey, it's Adam again, and I just want to thank you for tuning in to this episode of our sermon podcast. And I hope that this episode has helped you realize that buying somebody the perfect Christmas gift or throwing the perfect Christmas get-together or anything along those lines isn't going to help you make up for all the times in your life that you haven't been perfect. So if you really want to get back on the right track, if you haven't always been the perfect parent or the perfect spouse, the perfect child, the perfect sibling, the perfect neighbor, the perfect friend, or whatever else... It takes forgiveness. You have to be willing to humble yourself, to admit that you make mistakes, and to ask people to forgive you when you've let them down. And then you've also got to change your behavior. And that's what you can do this Christmas to start making the best of whatever it's going to be. Don't be afraid to ask people to forgive you for the mistakes that you've made in the past. 
Well, in our next episode, we're, can, we're going to continue on in the series. We're going to be talking about another reason why so many of us want this to be the best Christmas ever. So we hope that you'll tune in to that next episode when it drops next Tuesday. As always, if you subscribe to our podcast, that episode will be sent straight to your favorite podcasting app. Or you can come and worship with us live on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time. If you're here in Louisville, Kentucky, you can join us in person. Or you can join us online at mhbclouisville.com slash live. We would love to have you join us either way. Well, until next time, I hope that you have a great week and that you're enjoying this Christmas season. And we'll see you back here soon for another Sermon Podcast.